Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime Kitty co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, our festivals page listing upcoming festivals across the country and the world, and our 2023 FPIA contest page. We're best known for our events page for live show live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click the Submit a Show button from the top of the home page or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories, and we'll share your show promo to our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources that we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on our homepage to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. My laundry's done. You're welcome. Uh, if you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we're talking to uh, a former truck driver, and she did her first open mic about seven years ago. She's originally from Detroit and has made Austin her home for the last couple of years. She had her name drawn from the bucket at Kill Tony, and her life forever changed. To, not to be too dramatic, but I think it kind of did. She's since opened for Ron White, Tim Dillon, and Joe Rogan, and has performed all across the country, delighting audiences. She headlined the Velveeta Room in January, and she's currently a door person at the Comedy Mothership. And side note, she loves to dance, and you can catch all of that on her Instagram account. And now, Comedy Wham presents our guest, Genevieve Clinton. That was a beautiful <laughs> intro. Wow. You're welcome. That's the resume I wish I could write. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you ever or, need help. Yeah, I need to. I've never been good at that. And, like, entertainment was it. Like, interviewing resumes yeah. cover letters uh yeah yeah you just want to be on stage or in the writing room yeah but i know they're going through some things right now i don't know like I, I like i like this i like uh things adjacent to this yeah but uh i don't know i just never was good at corporate and paperwork mm. and all those things that you need to be good at as an adult yeah <laughs> So when I was doing my research, and, and I actually have an official icebreaker question, but I want to oh. tell you this, because one of the first things that I stumbled upon in my research is that you were a former truck driver. Yes. And that is dear to my heart because my father was a truck driver his entire career. Wow. So I, you know, I, I don't know if you were long distance or yeah. you were long distance. So yeah, I remember the stories he'd pick up of, you know, different places he'd go and it's a tough life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I used to get mistaken as a prostitute or oh, a lot lizard. Uh, I mean, when you're with a partner, it's like you got to deal with a close quarter attitude, energy, somebody else's whole, yeah. how they drive, their road rage, their, you know, their, it's everything. And then when you're by yourself, it's like if something happens to the truck and then it's like you're a woman out there, but it's like, don't think about that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like... It's all types of things, but I did learn a, a lot about myself that I could do it. I had a lot of respect for uh, other truck drivers, and I had a lot of respect for um, any woman I saw out there doing it, especially solo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I and I got to see some of the most beautiful sights in the country, like just. Whether I planned it or didn't plan uh -huh. it, you're just gonna run into something that you find beautiful yeah. in this country. Like, damn, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. I really like, like, all parts of it. Like, I just found some beauty. I, I had some of the best conversations with myself. Mm. I had some of the best, like, prayers and like, just I fell in love with comedy. Like, with the idea of like doing it. Because I would listen to so much oh. of it. Like, I didn't know, like, 
some truckers had a lot of Sirius XM and stuff like that, and, and but I didn't because I didn't want to buy that, and I, <laughs> and I didn't buy a CV either. Like, oh. I, I didn't get a CV until um, I worked with a different company later on. Uh-huh. But yeah, I would listen to so much comedy. I fell in love with uh, Patrice O'Neill. Mm-hmm. That's what really like. Oh, he he throws your emotions for a loop. Yeah. as a woman, so I'm just, as a person, shit. So. <laughs> Yeah, it just listened to so much. And I'm like, wow, it's so beautiful that you can drive for hours and listen to albums and hours and hours of just funny people. And just, and I'm like, you know, so it, I feel like I had to do it to, to transition to this. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, eventually, with, with comedy, you want to be on the road. You know yeah, what I mean? You wanna, yeah, you're returning you, back to it in a sense. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, hopefully. It'll be a little different. Easier writing. Yeah. <laughs> a little different to chuck it. You know, yeah. Cause yeah. It, it puts you in some situations. But no, nah, I think all things that you go through uh, slide you into the next thing you're yeah. supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, what a cool story. Well, you know, my dad just, I don't know what he listened to. He was actually really private about what he did on the road. The only, like, I know he would sometimes come back with things. This is how old we uh, I am. But... Uh, when Mount St. Helens erupted, uh, this was in the mid-80s, early 80s, I don't remember exactly when, he brought back a little tent of ash because he was he was on a route way up there. And that, you know, I still hang on to that. And, you know, I, I don't know if he ever remember, brought other stuff. That's the only thing that I remember he brought home wow. for us. But, yeah. Anyway. I, <laughs> I, my stepdad's a truck driver. Mm. And, uh, well, two people that uh, influenced me to get into trucking was my stepdad, and I call him Pappy, <laughs> uh, and um, my ex's brother. Because, uh, like, before, when I was just, I had two jobs, didn't have a job at all for a minute, and uh, just smoking a lot of weed and just <laughs> thinking about, I, I think I wanted to be a comedian back then, too, but wow. I, I don't I don't think I was, like... The situation I was in was a very lazy situation, mm-hmm. and it was like you know I really needed to get away. So like I think I went to truck driving to get some discipline too, ah. and to get you know sober for a while. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, but I didn't get out to do any comedy while I was truck driving. Okay. I just got out to party every now and then, but I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but. <laughs> I mean, it got you here. Yeah. That's part of what that part. got you here. Yeah. Yeah. At least at least that part. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to ask you my official icebreaker question, mm-hmm. and that is one word to describe your past. <sighs> Doozy. <laughs> I don't think ever, anyone's ever chosen that. That's awesome. I like that. Doozy. <laughs> uh, so you got... So you you were raised in Detroit? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I was born in Detroit. And then for preschool, I was in San Antonio. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Pappy was in the Army uh-huh. and uh. stationed in San Antonio. And my mom and my elder sister came down, and we lived with them. But then, you know, moved back. And so, yeah, so then from kindergarten on to college uh, i was in michigan so you probably don't have any f- big memories of of san antonio oh yeah i went you to did? kobe glass uh we were the huskies <laughs> uh every morning with the pledge of allegiance that's how old i am <laughs> every morning with the pledge of allegiance we have to say the school song or motto they do and, that here still still yeah my son yeah Kobe it's a glass, th- little huskies, wooga, wooga. Well, something. I don't know about that. And then I, I'm not saying your school, but the Pledge of Allegiance, they're still, they still make kids do that here in Texas. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I never, yeah, I don't remember my time of education in Texas at all. Yeah. But I remember a lot of naps, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, a lot of gym, I don't know, or a lot of gym time. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't much. But when I was a truck driver, I always was in Laredo or somewhere picking up something, dropping something off. I didn't like, yeah, a lot of, lot of going through Texas. Ooh, the traffic was wild in a truck. Like I see why a lot of elder truck drivers limp and shit. Mm. It's all. Yeah. 
I have a I have to stretch. I need to stretch way more than I do, but like I yeah, it's, it's tight on your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, being stuck for hours and hours on end in one position and the stress of like always being attentive or that's what you're supposed to do is to be attentive as a truck driver. I mean, I used to listen to a lot of stuff though. Probably. Yeah. I had to stop towards the end though. I was just, yeah, it just got, it's just, well, you just absolutely don't want to do something anymore. And like, there's a process in which you have to stop doing it. Yeah. But I had a lot of mental health stuff too that started to arise too. So that's what kind of transitioned into, you know, this kind yeah, of. Yeah. Um, so you, you were immerse, immerse, bleh, immersing yourself in listening to comedy while you were working as a driver. Was comedy a part of your life before then when you were growing up? Did you perform like, you know, theater, whatever, or were you just kind of doing your, your thing? Yeah, yeah. In elementary, uh, they didn't really have a theater department. Barely had cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Barely had teams. Like, uh, kind of had talent shows. Anything that I could do, I would do. But they didn't really have. They pushed art in different ways. Like, there's this famous museum in Detroit called the DIA, uh-huh. and um, they had a deal with them where the kids would spend half the day in the museum. And learn about art and things, yeah. and sometimes take art classes. So it was like pottery and different things. And then I had this really cool teacher that uh, gave me a tracing book, like how to officially learn how to trace. Yeah. And it's supposed to usher you to how to mimic, and then that ushers you to, you know, do your own thing. Yeah. So I started to progress in that, and uh, like some teachers didn't think that I was, like, drawing these things for real. They thought that I was tracing them. So, like, uh-huh. they sat and watched me, like, mimic uh-huh. books, like, paintings out of the DIA and things like that. And, yeah, it was, it was decent. And, and so it was decent enough that they gave me, like, some type of, like, scholarship to a program in this, co- like, nearby college. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then, like, middle school... Uh, I did talent shows, uh, and your church did stuff. Your Instagram feed is filled with you doing dance videos. Yes. Was your talent dancing, or was that something you discovered at a different point in time? I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that just likes to dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh... I, I didn't take any classes or anything like uh-huh. that. I, I danced, you know, have you ever heard of liturgical dance? No. <laughs> that's church dance. Okay. All yeah. Right. So, All right. and, well, that's, I tried that, but I always liked, like, the ratchet shit, too. Like, <laughs> my auntie, one of my aunties, she, like, used to encourage the ratchet, like, uh-huh. you in church all the time, girl. You know, you like to, <laughs> don't act like you don't like to shake it or move it, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, you right, auntie. You I do, do need an auntie like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, yeah, shout out my auntie Sharon. I need to, you right, I do need to embrace the ratchet side because I'm holding it in and that's just not true to myself. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like a balance. But yeah, so I was, and then I hit 18 and I'm legal to go to the club and uh-huh. had this one good girlfriend. We would go to the club and at first I would dress cute and she would dress cute. And then I just be like, you know, I don't care if no dude talks to me. I'm not really trying to drink or do drugs. Uh-huh. So I, I just want to like dance my ass off. So I did. But then I realized that dancing or, or dressing basically like in proper club gear, it, it's not, not comfortable. Gonna, it's not going to get it. So <laughs> I used to, I was like, okay, I'm wearing like cargo shorts and <laughs> like gym shoes. And, I'm, and then my, my, my friend come out the house and heels and mini skirt and shit. I'm like, girl, you better go change. She was like, what you mean? I was like, I figured it out. You know what I mean? We are just going to dance our ass off. Uh-huh. That's what we going to do. Yeah. This is what we do on the weekends. Yeah. It's, yeah, I look forward to it. You look forward to it. And I'm sick of our feet hurting, ain't you? You know, like, <laughs> and so she's like, you're right. So we started to uh, just dress casual and have a good time to the point where, like, the DJ would be like, come on stage with us and, you know, get to the different rooms and, like 
it was a good time. Yeah. And then I thought I was going to take that into college, but it was totally different. Mm. Totally different. I went to Michigan State, and it, it's a party school. Yeah. I don't know what it is now, but you know, it used to be an agricultural veterinarian party school, sports school. Yeah. I don't know. It's an all around American college, but it's it's a yeah. It's predominantly white, and mm-hmm. I went to those parties, and nobody's dancing. Nobody's dancing. <laughs> nobody's no. dancing. No. I mean, probably a little bit more now with TikTok, maybe. I don't know. College probably changed a little bit. I don't know how those parties yeah. go, but yeah, no. Everybody had to get really fucked up, like, just to be social. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's sad. <laughs> and then... You were really grown up and mature for that age to, like, have that realization. A, to figure out... Cargo shirts and sneakers is how I'm going to be the happiest when I'm dancing at the club. And also, I'm not going to get myself fucked up just to have fun. Well, that changed. No! (laughs) (laughs) That changed a lot. Because eventually in college, I was like, you know, like, like all my black friends for some reason, like they was either out getting, getting crossed in secret societies and shit mm. or, or, or like it be a secretive or just was on a whole educational plan that I wasn't on or like, or just was antisocial because it was a predominantly white college. So it's like, you either got to go to the frat parties or these parties or that's it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, or go home, you know? Yeah. And so like, I get it. And so one St. Patrick's day, <laughs> I, I was like, fuck it. Party of white people. That's what it is. Uh-huh. I had this one good girl in my dorm, my good girlfriend in my dorm, and she, I was like, you know what? I want to get fucked up. How much money do I need? Like, you know what I mean? The same after stay. Here we go. And then uh, we, she got supplies, and then we got fucked up or a starter. Uh, this is when I'm learning about uh, what is it called? Pre gaming. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when I learned that. And then we went to a party. And then uh, I tried to dance, and everybody looked at me like I was super fucked up, uh-huh. which was like, I'm tipsy for the first time, but like, I'm handling okay. Yeah. I was just thinking we dancing, but it freaked people out, and I was oh like, oh. But it caught the attention of one dude, and that dude ended up being my boyfriend for like two and a half years. Oh my gosh. And like, that, that's in that relationship, that's when I smoked weed for the first time, and I was like, I love it, I hate it, I love it, I hate it, I love it. <laughs> Hate it, love it, uh, <laughs> and and now where I'm at is I'll have a drink if I don't, especially if I don't have to pay for it, and <laughs> yes, and I smoke as my heart and anxiety desires, mm. and uh, I don't know. Eventually, I'll probably not to like that. But as far as like, I mean, I was in church a lot, so like. Very judgy older ladies and ladies just period. Everybody's eyes is on you, so you yeah. try your best not to be ratchet and a mess. But you know, everybody has a little bit inside. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I rather embrace it and watch people and not judge people than to sit somewhere from a high horse and be like, yeah, you know, like yeah, you know. So not saying all religious people do that, but. I'm just <laughs> It's very common. It puts people on in a tough spot because I'm try what it is. Yes, uh, it puts people in a tough spot because I, you know, I'm I'm not a religious or church going uh, person, but you know, it seems like church is a lot about you know these are the the tenets by which you have to live, and everybody's going to judge you on whether or not you're living by those those tenets. But you know, in your heart, you might be a freak. And that has to be quashed or, you know, done in secret. And I don't know. I just, I, I think you should live your, your life however you want. And as long as you're being a good person and you're not a serial killer. That's where we draw the line? The, <laughs> well, okay. I could continue the list of things. But, you know, in principle. <laughs> as long as you're not killing people, touching people inappropriately, yeah. uh, stealing from people. Uh, then, you know, you should I mean, be able to... the commandments kind of stand. Yeah. yeah. I read yeah. somewhere or saw something about the commandments. Like, there was, like, similar tablets of things, but, like, a longer list. And so, like, 
the commandments are like a modified version of that longer list. Yeah. You hear all the types of things. I'm not in a rush to die, but sometimes I I fantasize that those answers hmm. will get met or a, a good conversation will be yeah. had at the end huh. or something like that. Sometimes I think uh, I'm not necessarily on the right path just because of that religious background and there is some inner judgment that I do with myself. Like, you went from praising the Lord to doing pussy jokes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, you know, so, I mean, I pray in my own time, but yeah. it, it was a big difference. Yeah. You know I mean? So, yeah. Okay, so you did you you finished with your your, your college education? Yeah. And uh, what was your what did you study? Oh, uh, so in a in a split decision, when they ask you, you have to write what you want your major to be. Uh-huh. In a split decision, I wrote psychology. Okay. Started taking classes and was failing miserably, mm. and just like I was doing, I was I was getting by okay in high school and I was like okay this is a whole different rodeo and I just I was like man like basic psychology 101 like algebra I was not doing good in all types of things I was like oh and I was stressed and then I got a relationship like my first actual like real relationship and it was like crazy and I just, I just, anyway, so I was like, but I started to notice that my sociology classes I really liked and I thought were interesting and I always had a good time and I always did well. Even if I did like study hard, hard, I still had like good hunches in it that got me far, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, maybe I need to double major, you know what mm. I mean? And I was like, but that's a more work workload. Yeah. I found that out later. I still did it and I was like, oh, okay, hello, academic probation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost out this bitch um, but uh so eventually I dropped the psych and so I have a BA in sociology okay and did you have aspirations of doing something in that field or were you already just starting to get kind of itchy feet about getting out of education completely well one of my favorite sociologists of all time is W.E.B. Du Bois or Du Bois if you will and he inspired me a lot later, but then I thought I I didn't know of him pretty well, and I was like, "What if I'm a scholar? Mm-hmm. That would be dope." Yeah. But like I said, paperwork and <laughs> yeah, adulting and <laughs> studying and the cost. Let's the cost, be, let's yeah. be frank. Yeah. I mean, to get a PhD and to to thesis is is and <laughs> it's it's just. I uh, I mean, I still think one day that like comedy is gonna pop for me where I have cushion money where yeah. I'm like you can either do a side hustle of some kind or further your education or you know or just work on that dream house or yeah. you know something like that buy your mama house or something like you know something like that I I think it's gonna pop off for me I still have like some leery. Hmm. education dreams just because when you go through it you're like I, I went through it you know it's kind of like I still have my CDLs like I went through it and I'm like that is an option yeah. if I want to do something else you know I don't know but that's crazy you drive your own tour bus around <laughs> the country hell no I would I'd be in the back sleep or smoking that's what I mean because I gave up driving a lot just I gave up driving for a week <laughs> I figure you should pick one or the other, you know. Yes, that's probably a good good, <laughs> good course. So, uh, did you you? So then, I'm, I surmise you went into driving, or you went. You said earlier you went into kind of a lazy period. That then, was before truck driving. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I truck drove for uh, like three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, on and off three and a half years. Right. But uh and before that, like there was a lazy period, but before that I was really trying to grind. Like I had I just 
a big like as soon as I got out of school I tried corporate you know of course mm. you try to find that nine to five and yeah. live that life but I you know computer work paperwork I, yeah. I just can't and or, or the bare minimum and jobs where it depends on that is yeah. they need better skills I just yeah have you ever heard of Patrice O'Neill's I can't type it uh-huh. uh well <laughs> I need to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I tried corporate and it just didn't work. I tried to do some like social work ish, ology ish type work, yeah. environmental, childcare, different things, cleaning companies. Uh, yeah. I just, I tried so many things until I just got into that lazy period. It was just, it was sad. Um, yeah, it was just partying with no right to mm. like, mm. like I did not deserve to be like just chilling like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, you're you sound really hard on yourself in reflecting on that, and it just when I look, I don't know. I look, I just I need to be doing like two or three things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like to not feel like. Lack of a better word, a bum. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many imperfect things about me. I feel like what I can do is try in a career or, like, you know. Sure. Do something of that nature. Because it's, I don't know. I look at homeless people sometimes and I'm like, you know. I don't think you just like one situ one bad decision and then boom you're here. I think it was like That's a collective phase. And I'm like, was it drugs? Was it, you know, I heard from a, a security to the stars that they had a lot of homeless people have like uh, uh, like sex offenses and things mm. like that. And it's like, and you know, but my whole thing is it's probably drugs, and it's like. I think about that. I try to be not. I don't do anything else but weed and an occasional drink and occasional shroom. But it's like, I even that. I'm like, does that lead to that? Is that still mm. church in my mind? Is that still, you know? I don't know. That's weighty. That's weighty. Yeah. So I think it was like I just constantly weigh things. I, People say I'm hard on myself. I'm like, you think so? I mean, in the 30 minutes we've been talking, you're hard on yourself. Damn. Yeah. I didn't mean to be. Yeah. I just, in my mind, <laughs> I think I'm being observational. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, but I, I, I feel like that, that judgment is a part of you, like, in a much more, like, hard way than most people. Like, everybody judges themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they might, something bad might have happened. They're like, oh, you know, I really, I really screwed up in this situation. And they kind of, from that moment, they're like, okay, fine. You know, I'll do better. But then they move on with their life. But it feels like it's much more, much more pervasive. Like, it is a part of your, your life all the time, as opposed to, just you know when there's a crisis or something big has happened i'm not a psychologist genevieve i just <laughs> i have so many conversations with people that sometimes you know i just i get, I, I get running running themes that is something that i've been told and I, that is something that i try to i can't really say i try to work on it sometimes i'm just like yeah i mean that's how i feel that's yeah. how i think and i wish i didn't so it's like what are it's hard to I would say behaviors. not talk, but I'm on yeah. a podcast, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind yeah. of the job. <laughs> okay, we have, you have been so open with me so far, but oh, we yeah. haven't my even talked. No! <laughs> Social security number, please. Uh, I got my pen ready. Um, you haven't even, we haven't even gotten to what was your first oh, yeah, I'm a open mic. <laughs> It's my slick way of redirecting. No, okay, I mean, yeah, it all informs, but... Well, my very first mic was in 2016 in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Gosh, seven it was, years. It was Incredible. cold as shit. 
And <laughs> uh, I was dating an older dude at the time. And I just was like, I just need a break from the truck. And I was like, I really want to try this. And so I did. And I was nervous. And I went up there. I didn't have anything prepared. And I just tried it out. And uh, people laughed. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I tried it again. And I tried to have a little bit more prepared. But didn't have much. Yeah, I used to. I was really off the cuff and off of confidence back then. Because hmm. I was like, if, if they laugh once, I could get it again. And then... Yeah, and then I just started walking around with this confidence I probably shouldn't have had, like, at all. Like, at all. But I see other newbies do it, too, you oh, yeah. know? Oh, yeah. But then, like, I would just walk with this confidence where, and then, like, people who probably been doing it longer or just had whatever, they just would gravitate to me, ask me questions, and then the next thing you know, I was, like, in the scene for a whole, like, good few weeks. But then the whole relationship went to hell, and I had to get out of that. And I went back to trucking elsewhere and a whole bunch of other shit. And I told myself that when I do it again, I'm going to, like... So I was, like, actually in New York trucking around for a while. Uh, but I didn't get out to a mic. Got out to party, but I didn't get out to a mic. <laughs> and I just, you know, that's one, that's another thing that I'm, like... Everything in time, but I still haven't done comedy in New York. But but like, it 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 wasn't until like some things went wrong in New York, and I had just went home, and it was 2018. And I was like, "Fuck it!" My friend inspired me too. She's a, a producer, director, media person, all mm -hmm. that things. And uh, Precious Media, she she like she put on a play, uh, partnered with some other people to put on a play for Color Girls. Uh -huh. And it was in this small artist space. And it was an artist space where, like, uh, you could perform here, but you guys could live here in dorms here. And, and you could use it for, like, and there was, like, a photographer, a director, uh, artist, a uh, painter, like, every, all types. And I was just like, damn it. You know what I mean? I'm over here with fucking fifth wheel grease on my hands and shit. You know, I'm not doing shit that I want to do with my life for real, for real. Like, I'm happy. I'm proud of myself that I got a CDL yeah. that I could do it and travel to the country. But, like, damn it, this was, you know, like, this is beautiful. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking, like, touring, like, a big tour of comedy, like, crazy big shot. I was like, Remember art that you like? Remember, like, and... Yeah, from those can it, those yeah. early elementary school everybody's days. Everybody's doing, like, almost every facet of it, like, in a space. And I was like, wow, you can do that, like, and live, you uh -huh. know? Like, it, so it's just like, you know, I was just like, fuck it. I just, this is what I want to do. So I started going to Mike's and in Detroit, in the Detroit area, because that's what really scared me. And, like, the first one I did in the actual Detroit area, like, in the inner city, bomb. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it wasn't too much not bombing after that until, like, finally, like, you just either start talking shit about yourself or you just mm. in, a, in some type of capacity. Like, I don't know. A lot of mixed rooms started to work for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just stuck with it. I met Marcus, and he's very much a drill sergeant with comedy. <laughs> like, do your mics, do your time, get this much time by the end of the week and everything. And I'll try to adapt some of that. So you met him up there? Yeah, Detroit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's originally huh. from Germany, but he, uh, but he grew up in the metro Detroit. Uh-huh. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So then, so you're, you're starting to hit your stride. You kind of got serious, started to get more serious about it in 18. You're hitting your stride. What happens in 2020? Yeah, we're together. <laughs> uh, Marcus was doing very well. Uh, just won a big competition. Mm -hmm. uh, then went out to LA and won another competition. And then like had a lot of stuff booked. And, uh, he was living out in LA. But he had a lot of gigs coming up in Michigan, and he came home, but then he heard about the pandemic, and so he just packed up everything in L.A., came home, and then, like, you know, we basically stayed in his mom's house. His mom had a boo at the time, so she quarantined with him, so we basically had the houses ourselves, and it was like, wow, you really can't do shit at all. 
and like we were so every night if you can do it do it yeah uh like don't say no to any show like even though the drive and the gas and whatever screws you just like we were very much every day trying to do everything you can Mm -hmm. and and you know with him doing what he was doing like he was like really on an elevated level just things were happening and it's just those it really was to be honest i don't want to make the pandemic sound like it was the worst day for me because that was only like three months where we were like what is the world coming to sure you know what i mean like yeah. like you freak out and it's like i'm hungry but you had <laughs> finally found your thing that and you had like this support structure with marcus yeah to really encourage you and get into that structured yeah, I mean, and you liked it yeah. for once. You liked something that you were doing. So, yeah, to have that stop, that, that had to have been the most difficult thing. I didn't really have too much, like, non-faith that things would get picked up again. Yeah. What I really had was, like, some, like, awe. Like, because I used to say stuff to myself. Like, I hear about manifesting. I don't know all the way how it works other than thinking and saying what you want. Right? Yeah. But I used to say things or think things to myself like, man, I don't want to do shit. What if the whole world could do shit? Hmm. I used to say something like that. And wow. then I was like, uh-oh. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-oh. I don't know how this manifesting thing works, but I, you know, I'm not taking credit for that shit. But, you know, I'm just, but I, you know, that's what I didn't really have too much. At first, I was like, oh, shit. Like, what, what, what is going on? And in Michigan, it was a lot different than Texas. Mm-hmm. Michigan was like, they playing with your emotions, like uh, stand on one foot, put your mask on your ear, do this. <laughs> it was just like, you just asking for too much, just a little too much. And then you got the most liberal conscious, like, but kind of screw you economically and yeah. housing way, like type politics going on there. Yeah. And here they're just like, everything that makes money, keep making money, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. So that's why we came here. Because we started to do gigs, and then Michigan got weird again with the policies and laws. And then some, some shows opened up in the South for, like, Oklahoma and a couple of Dallas. And we did those shows, and uh, some housing opened up in Dallas, and we were like, let's weigh our odds. Like, you know, Michigan keeps – we don't know what's happening yeah, in Michigan. Yeah. And, and, you know – same things are booming here. Like it didn't register me that Joe Rogan and killed Tony because I does I wasn't like really really into them mm-hmm. prior, and of course you I didn't hear of Kill Tony, but like I've heard comics like when I spent a little time in LA, I would go to the store to sign up, but I didn't yeah. know like the history and all that, and you know of Joe and but I didn't really like think back to like willy-nilly manifesting i just maybe in passing i'm all like hey, what if you know uh-huh. and so yeah but dallas worked out for about four months and then i just was like we were doing the scene and kind of you know people were still coming out of a pandemic still it's mm-hmm. texas but they're still coming out of the pandemic so it's like you know people still figuring it out you know but it was stuff to do and it was yeah. nice people and things like that but I don't. I just was like, you know, fuck it. Let's go try. I heard, you know, they say Kill Tony is. They have it in Austin, so let's yeah. drive down and try it. And the, the first night that we drove down, I got on. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea that backstory. Yeah, I mean, I I I used a little bit of conjecture there to say, you know, you got drawn, and your life changed forever. Yeah. But if you get drawn and you make a good impression. So was Rogan on that as one of the guests he that was night? Not. Okay. The guest was Shane Gillis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was very nervous. I was watching people before me. I didn't watch the show prior, and I was just watching people before me that uh-huh. night. And I was just like, you know, they're busting balls, but like they seem like nice people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, and like everybody's out here trying to get on, and it's like I don't like competition, but like I root for anybody who gets on. And then I just had a moment where I like closed my eyes, and I was like, 
what if you got caught? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, just, and you did. Wow. Like, I tried to, like, hear my name uh-huh. before I heard my name, and I yeah. heard my name. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you rush up there, and I didn't, I, I didn't, there was only, like, one other, like, competition-ish try or a couple other competitions where it's, like, you have to be real tight on your time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about that until I was walking up to the stage where I was like, I was going to ask you, yeah. you got to do one minute. Cause I think at that time I could, I like, I've done 20, maybe like three times in my life, like a 20 minute set. Uh-huh. And like, so I was like, I know I have time, but can I condense it? And so I just, Picked us, picked a joke, and tried to chop it up, and it worked out. And the interview, I was just trying to be polite and, you know, happy to be there. Yeah. You know, some funny things came out, and you know, they worked with me, and they was really nice. Like, yeah, Redman and Tony has been, they've been so nice to me. Yeah. Like, and just all of Austin, like, I don't know why, (laughs) like, (laughs) in particular, but I, I feel like just I float around and I feel like a princess, and I'm just like, I like. This manifested thing, thank God, thank you know everything, you know. It's, I don't know, like my jokes. I have gotten more jokes and have changed and switched them up and uh-huh. fluffed up and cut fat and done whatever you're supposed to do with your jokes. Yeah. And I'm definitely am not the same comic I used to be back when I was in Detroit. But like, uh, but essentially the same foundation of jokes sure. are kind of there that same initial set that i started to work with and it's like wow you know you you bring it here people are like cool <laughs> and i'm like wow you know not saying that people didn't love and appreciate and support yeah. me back in detroit but it's just it's just it's just a whole different hey yeah very yeah. grateful very grateful yeah since you didn't know anything really about the Austin comedy scene before you showed up on that fateful night, and then I assumed the conversation driving back to Dallas was, I think, I think we should move to Austin. Well, we had to. Yeah. Like, literally, I, I did that show, and I did the Kill Tony, and Red Band offered me Secret Show that mm-hmm. night. And so, like, I immediately started to get booked. Like, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> where the drive was just didn't, didn't make, make sense, sense yeah. you know, and and then Marcus got on Kill Tony, and then he got the job in Vulcan, and then <sighs> and then so it's just yeah, it, it kind of we your, had to your be hand here. was forced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through no no fault of your own other Austin than your talents. <laughs> did the Scorpion community <laughs> do a comedy? Yeah. <laughs> so do you? Uh, did you? I just want to like peek inside the brain of Genevieve to find oh. out like how excited you were when, a the Kill Tony the 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 Secret Show invitation, but then the big news that I saw soon after that was you getting to tour, or go on road shows with Rogan. Oh, I never went on the road. With you Rogan. didn't? I thought no, you did. I went on the road with Tony, but I'd never uh, been on the road with Rogan. I've only done so... Ro- I've only opened for Rogan at. Uh, Vulcan and yeah, Vulcan. Okay, well that's good enough. That's the same. Yeah, I've opened for a few yeah, times, but so, I never went on the road. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to put false shit out there. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's she, fair. She, yeah, she's well, private jets eating steaks with Rogan and <laughs> nah, nah. Um, but you know, obviously everybody knows what a big deal he is oh, and yeah, what a big deal he sure. is to in in Austin comedy. Like, he did, he's the he like the I am learning and respecting every day, learning more about the comedy that was here prior to this boom. Yeah. And uh I'm pretty cool with a lot of people. I'm still learning a lot, but I'm pretty cool with a lot of people yeah. in the quote unquote order scene and they've booked me and like have shown me a lot of love too. That's yeah. just like awesome overall, man. It's just it was so nice to me. But uh but obviously yeah, that's you know, they're a big deal and Rogan Bringing all this mess down here is like you know it's kind of his fault. It's changed the scene. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. Kind of his yeah. fault. I mean, I, I my my boyfriend is in L.A., so I've gone to the comedy store a handful of times, and I kind of know that model. Uh, so it is interesting to have brought that to Austin, given the way that the Austin scene was just very loose. You know, you've got some small theater shows, and you have club shows and and bar shows. Uh, 
but to bring like such a like an organized I, I um I was writing something recently and I said the the mothership is kind of like this a, a formal apprenticeship program because first you got to get you have to be a door person and that gives you more access to to being on stage and learning from you know these amazing incredible name drop worthy comics and so it really is a much more formal training program that you're going through and we've never had that yeah um like there was some big clubs in detroit but like there i never other than the store i've never seen a door guy program yeah like this and you know some of the door guys from the store are like legends to me you Mm -hmm. know like they're on their way to being legends and headliners and like on their way and I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Like, we had an audition to get it, and, mm-hmm. you know, I just put forth my best three minutes that I think I had and, you know, just <laughs> tried that manifested thing. That's again. all? Three minutes? You get three minutes to impress and wow? That was the audition, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it's pressure. And, and yeah. it was at the end of a secret show, and secret shows are already so long. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, you know, you you... At the end, it was like, oh, please, people, wake up, wake up and be good, you know. <laughs> Come on, you know, have some coffee. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it, it was cool. And I, and I got, I was in bed and I got that call and I was like, Shh, well, here the fuck we go. Here we go. Yeah. See what this shit is about to be like, you know, like, yeah. here we go. I'm excited. Like, it's cool every day. Uh, it's like you want to be there more, but you know you have to, like, also go do shows and develop a career and yeah and, and like be a human and like you know yeah deal with human needs and things but it's like i know you can't be there all the time but it's like you know you kind of want to be like anytime you're not i feel like i'm missing out but i'm like it's it's pretty fucking amazing yeah yeah, yeah. And you've done a really good job of like having your your feet in both, if I can call it, the two scenes. You know, there's the mothership scene, but then there's the old classic scene. Yeah. And like, you know, you getting to headline the Velveeta room, that's considered like a classic room. Yeah, shout out to everybody that runs the Velveeta. Uh, it, yeah. Taylor, a comic, Taylor, uh, what's his last name? Dowdy. Dowdy, yes. Yeah. Taylor Dowdy, super funny comic. He uh, hit me up, and I was like, hell yeah. you know. <laughs> and Velv has its own, you know, it has its own history, too. It has mm-hmm. its own, like, attraction, too. Like, some of those people are like, let's see what's at the Velv tonight. Or, yeah. you know, it has, it has its own, it brings its own audience. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I felt like that helped a lot with the promotion, too. Mm-hmm. I was able to do... Uh, like was it three like three sold out shows like yeah. it was pretty dope yeah uh and uh, you know we did some marketing and some promoting but I feel like a lot of that has to do with the the reputation the reputation that Velveeta has too yeah. and everybody that you know the famous door guy uh, yeah Michael Parks Mike, yeah oh man he's, <laughs> I love him he's great yeah yeah so <laughs> you know it has it has that you know it has that element too yeah. so I'm just happy to be a part of it it's like I got to do that that's yeah, that's wild. I yeah. gotta rethink about these things sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> like, like God is so good or positive energy and all those things. It's like all those, all those things. And I can't say it's like that for everybody. And I don't want to be like braggadocious, but it's like, man, like, it's just so much. Like, yeah, I'm just blessed. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a very silly question. Has Has there been like a moment where like tough guy Genevieve has had to come out as a as a door person or has everything been pretty chill nah there? I mean we have <laughs> proper security in place and, okay. and nobody's so you don't look, ever have to nobody's like... looking for me like oh <laughs> don't make us get Genevieve like, 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 like no nobody's doing that I'm all like hey the bathroom's over there <laughs> nice <laughs> thanks for coming how you doing that's <laughs> Here's your secret. <laughs> um, I I, I want to ask. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to do our card game, but there is one question that oh, I've been asking. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, our our um, I want you to think about your current favorite joke. Okay. And without telling me the joke, I want you to tell me why 
it's your current favorite? What makes it make you so happy? It's a classic, but like, but a ba, set up boo. Uh huh. I like those when I get them. If I have to do expand upon or whatever the fucks I uh-huh. do them as they come. Uh-huh. Uh, I like it though. It's pretty traditional, but it's very unique. And it's mine, and it was like from real life. But everybody can feel that. Mm. And I want more like it's so damn relatable. Like. You're mad at me. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that was just nail in the head right uh-huh. there, you know? That's what I want. I want more of those. I have to get more in tune. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's why it's my favorite. You said it was a classic. Is this something that you've had since, like, your early? No, classic as in, like. Oh, just the, the setup set up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, I, I got that either this year or either this year towards the end of last year. I feel like it was this year, but I just like rotate it. No matter where I put it, I like it. It's fun. Huh. Like no matter where I put it, if yeah. I said it, yeah, I like it. I just, yeah. You've talked about your dis- dislike of paperwork and things of that nature. Your first mic, you, you came unprepared. What is your style today? Do you, do you do more formal preparation and writing or is everything still like just basically in in your head at this point uh sometimes it doesn't work out when Mm. i try to rearrange it weird like sometimes Mm. i'm like let's if i don't have actual brand new spanking hot off the presses jokes that i want to try then let's play with what i have and sometimes I play a little too much with it where it's like, that's just weird. Mm. And I just, you know, I got last, but I, I'm not happy. Huh. Uh, but I have a favorite 20 that I have. You know, I, I like doing longer sets because I bring a lot of stuff out the graveyard and just fluff it up and see what happens. And, yeah. Or you have to be on the spot or it forces you to do crowd work. I don't do that much. I'm getting, I'm doing more now, but... Uh, just sometimes I just say the wrong thing, and I just the faces and the silence. I'm like, I don't want that. Like, ew. <laughs> like, I'm just stick with the script, you know? Yeah. But like, uh, when you have to change, you have to adapt. And mothership is always like, like I, I you know, I come in with a game plan, but you know, I, I leave with a drawing board or mm. you know something to look at, you know. And yeah. every every opportunity I get around town or out of town is just like. You know, I walk away with it like, you know, this is how I try to be prepared. But, you know, different results happen or or sometimes you exceed your expectations. It's like, that was bad. That was like pretty good, you know. Yeah. But my process, I have a whiteboard. I have a phone. I have notebooks. uh, I listen back to sets. I stare at things. I ponder. (laughs) I try to like have a few like core circle people I call on a daily basis or a mm-hmm. weekly basis and you know see if anything stems from there but I don't want to say I've been having writer's block lately but I just I just I just been I don't know but I just been trying to get good at what I have there and not beat myself up for not necessarily having out of the press and stuff all the time yeah yeah. I've talked to so many comics who would tell me that when they first started out and they started going to open mics, they thought they had to write new sets like every time they went up. And so I think there's there's like this innate pressure sometimes that comics put on themselves that they have to constantly write new stuff. And sometimes there's a there's a block and you just kind of wait it out. And I mean, you're in a great position because you're getting to watch comedy all the time basically yeah. and some of the best yeah. so something's gonna spark yeah so for sure yeah. sometimes like because of all the cool people that come through there and i get to watch them all a lot of times it's like whoa you could do that like <laughs> or like, like wow like that's beautiful like i mm. i did alamo draft house last night and like it was this comic from new york i think his name was andrew he has a he has a very unique style man Hmm. I was just like, man, that's beautiful. Like, and then I went up and did what I did, and I was like, that could be beautiful too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Till excuse me. Until I get, I need to manifest more of that. Yeah, I'm doing other stuff. 
And you're also in a unique position because you have a partner who's also a comic who kind of understands the stuff that you go through. And you sound like you're like a yin and yang, where he's much more disciplined. Yeah. And you're more like, not loose, but just, yeah. Yeah, we're both... He's he's more disciplined, like all the paperwork and money and all the things I can't do, he does. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and then like all of the like, uh, some boy, hey, remember we're human and we got to go socialize and uh-huh. like do human things and like, <laughs> you know, he'll decorate and I'll clean or like, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's, yeah, we try to write together sometimes, like, it, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, like, he has some jokes that's inspired by our relationship and things mm-hmm. like that, and, you know, I have some jokes that's inspired by our relationship, but, like, we've tried to do podcasts, like, together several yeah. different times, start them up, but they did, it, I just get weird when I have to be the dictator, the creative control of mm-hmm. how it goes, and, because, like, we don't really have conversations between us that really probably belong on air, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's a little part. So, so it's trying to, and then beyond that, we don't have anything else that interesting to talk yeah. about between us other than comedy a lot of times. Or, yeah, like, and then some talking shop, not necessarily is an on air thing it, yeah. it can be i mean there's sports in it right you know sure, yeah <laughs> but you know those guys get in trouble all the time talking shit about people yeah. and tweeting this shit like uh. <laughs> yeah and i don't i don't see because uh, i'm trying to think of other couples in austin and i who podcast and the name that names that jumped right out are casey and cat yeah and it's like well they can pull it off because they're just being silly yeah i don't see you and, and marcus as you know yeah, we're I'm, absurdist, silly like that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be looser like that, yeah. but eh, in time, in time. But I'm also like older. And I just I don't I don't want to be. Yeah, it would be hard to go backwards. Yeah. From, into that. At this point, it's gonna have to be some 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 clever shit, like. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think my body is is. I can't. <laughs> just thinking about Casey. I'm like, I, oh I'm yeah. So tired. There's there's got to be knee surgery and. Oh man, God bless that body. Down in his future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? Uh. About me? Yeah, about you. Uh, as far as UFOs are concerned, I heard a joke the other day from Comic Out of New York, and basically he's like, What if we find out that like aliens are black? Uh-huh. And then <laughs> like they come back and it's like, Hey, we're taking all the black people. It's like, be careful what you manifest, because <laughs> one time I said, what if everybody had to stay home? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm just saying, as far as UFOs are concerned, just don't be alarmed if all the people leave the planet. <laughs> it's one thing that I think could happen, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Self-driving cars was the thought one day, yeah. I'm saying, you see them all around. Oh my God. They crack me up. It's so hard not to like stop and stare every time uh, you see one and be yeah. like, "What is the world?" Yeah, yeah. This is life. Well, I I want to know what does Genevieve manifest for comedy wham? That's what oh, I want to know. Yes, I think y'all are awesome, <laughs> and I think that you guys are going to go into different states and markets. And well, I don't know how large you want to be because some people like to keep it low key yeah. and like keep it in the scene and keep it like I don't know what you're. Well, y'all goes are, but I support them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, what, I, what I have learned, because we, we are in Austin, because I'm here in Austin, so I know the scene pretty well and can keep up with all the events and find out, you know, there's a show that got canceled, so I pull it. And I can talk to a lot of the comics. But opening in, 
in Dallas and Houston has been challenging because we really need a local champion who can do that. I can't keep up with all of the shows happening in three cities. So I'm realizing that while the competitive, ambitious side of me really wants to take what we have and grow it, I think logistically I I, I can't because I can't, you know, I can't be following every single scene. I I definitely understand because it's like you like everybody's individual art as a comic and you like your Mm -hmm. own, but there's a part of you, the competitive, Mm -hmm. like I don't like the competitive side because it goes too far. It's like, like I want to be like straight murderer. Like I want to be a psychopath. Like when I walk in the room, it's just gut busting, (laughs) crying, Uh burning, excusing yourself. (laughs) Like I just can't take this no more. Like I just want to like give that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, where you are yeah yeah keep your sanity (laughs) yeah 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 for sure all right well genevieve are you ready for your closing question no is that where we pick oh let's do yeah let's go ahead and do that we're not we're not we're fine on time okay Okay, so pick the card that you want to answer we've got two in front of you okay so that's going to be yours i'm going to read that one to you read Read that one to me my guilty pleasure is chocolate always chocolate oh nice yeah Yeah, i don't hate it yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer milk over dark? Um, I, I am biased towards milk, but I know that dark is healthier, so yeah. I try to do dark more. Because That's the only healthy. reason why we eat it. Yeah. Because it's like we heard it was healthy. It's like, <laughs> or aphrodisiac. So it's like, hey, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The chocolate-covered cherries, have you ever had the Bing cherry? Or it's sour, as opposed to the maraschino, which is gross and sweet. No. That's chocolate-covered? No. I just like chocolate-covered strawberries. Ooh, that's good. From edible arrangements, I like those. Okay, since you are newer to Austin, let me recommend around Valentine's Day, drop a little note for Marcus to say, buy me chocolate-covered strawberries from Amy's Ice Cream. Amy's. They only do it around Valentine's Day. It's the, you know, the local ice cream place. Theirs are incredible because they use a Belgian chocolate. Ooh, okay. You will not regret that. Amy's. Yeah. Right that down. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's ice cream? Amy's ice cream. Okay. Yep. All right, I'll let you do that. I'm going to stall a little bit before I read off your question because I know I can't write and listen at the same time. <laughs> All right. Genevieve, your question is, I've always wondered if it's normal to... Wonder too much. Ah. I heard, you know, Sad Guru... Uh-uh. One of those famous gurus. Uh, he goes around and he said that at the beginning of his journey, you know, you don't really know you're on your way to being a guru. Yeah. But like, kind of. And it started off with, ah, oh, tree. What is a tree? Ah, oh, this. What is it that? Oh, questions, questions, questions. Uh-huh. Questions and comedy can be good. And I just... I just wonder a lot. Just sometimes, it, is it manifesting or is it this or is that? Or is it just you need to shut it down? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and what, it's gotten me where it's gotten me in comedy. And I appreciate that. And I want to go further. And, you know, whatever success for me is, I want to achieve that. But every time I try to think about one thing, it's like it's so many things around it. It's like this weird sociological circle web map shit that I constantly do huh. when I on a daily basis. That's why I try to drown out in my phone a lot or or, you know, like when I can sleep, I try to sleep. But like just spending time with this head is yeah. just, you know, it's a lot of time. A lot of, a lot of it's a doozy. It's the only one you've got. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to escape it. Okay, so your closing question. One word to describe your future. My future? I'm trying to think of a good synonym. Abundant. Oh, I like that. 
I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Genevieve Clinton. Genevieve, tell us where we can find you on social media and your upcoming projects and shows. Yes, you can uh, follow me on C. Genevieve at Instagram, Genevieve Janelle Clinton on Facebook. And I have a Twitter. I don't do much with it. Have a TikTok. Don't do much with it. You can do whatever you want. There. Uh, but yeah, I post on Instagram all the time where I'm at on my stories or post the flyers for my shows. Check me out. Uh, I'm doing something weekly, so come see me. Yeah, I just saw one of your recent, like, these are my upcoming shows. I'm like, okay, she's really busy right now. <laughs> so that's good. That's what you want. That's what you want. And you can catch, uh, we can catch you at the mothership and as well. You can catch me at the mothership, you know, at least three times a week. So come get tickets and come check out the mothership. Come say hi. Nice. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Genevieve got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much Jeez. as I have. <laughs> this has been Comedy Wham! Presents Genevieve Clinton. Come on, would disagree. <laughs> I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you so much, Genevieve. No, let me not do that. She actually said, uh, she said I was smart. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs>